up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. How's your rainy weather out there? It has been rainy. You've been watching the news? No, it's just raining here. Yeah, lots of rain here. We dodged a tropical storm named Fred. Glad for that, but we got a lot it's of good rain. name. Yeah. I almost feel like in the, how long have we lived here? Five-ish years? That you get the most rain when the storm misses you. Like if there's any really? type of huh. cycloptic activity, then it's... Cyclonic, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's a one-eyed giant stomping around. It's still a singular-eyed hurricane. Like if it was at you. Imagine a hurricane that had two eyes. I'm sticking with cycloptic. So we are talking about food, though. That's our show. Actually, we're not. We're not. We're not talking about food. We're talking about beverage today, Phil. Maybe you eat your coffee in the morning. Well, if anybody's been tracking along the last few episodes, they know that I've kind of been going down this journey uh, with this espresso machine that we got. And it is a journey. Boy, I tell you what, it is a journey. I've learned a lot. I've failed a lot. I've burned my hands a lot, if you can imagine that. But more so, if, if there's anything that I've learned, it's that I'm not the barista of the family. My wife is. She's so much better at it than I am. I cannot figure out the pressure and the ratios and oh, everything that goes into espresso. So I thought this is something I want to learn more about. We should totally do a coffee episode. And then you were like, Phil, coffee's kind of a convoluted topic. Can we do it in one episode? And then I was like, well, we have nothing going on over this fall. Let's do an entire season, not just series, but season on coffee. And then you were like, eh, let's do three. So here we are. We got a three-parter coming up of coffee. And I'm excited, Chris. They they might end up being Dan Carlin size episodes. Oh man, you I know, forgot like a, about that guy. A three hour hardcore history episode. Let's do it. I don't know. I think that sounds super, super great. You've been going through a bit of an espresso phase. And I think we are always going through some type of new coffee phase because whatever thing we we're using to brew our coffee before has probably been broken in the past couple of weeks. So moving on. You know? Yes, I, I'm always trying to improve with coffee. I think mostly because like the more I learn, the the, the more I understand that I don't know anything about it. You, you kind of get into a rhythm and you feel like you're you're doing a good job with your coffee at home. And then you go to a coffee shop and you try this like really amazing new roast and you're just like, oh my gosh, I got to have this. And then you go to buy a 12 ounce bag and you realize it's like $30 and that's not going to happen. So then you try to make it at home. And so you just try to get better. And I mean, I don't know if everybody does that, but Coffee to me is a big deal. I'm a dad. Are you kidding me? I think it's a parent thing in general. Also, maybe an adult thing in general, because I feel like we were sold this whole notion that growing up was a great thing, but now it's just kind of like a lot of hard work, <laughs> responsibility, and exhaustion. It's so coffee kind of feels necessary. The 30s are fun. I mean, it's a lot of work. There's some reward, right? Like yes. We labor for something. Like there's a there there's a carrot at the end of the stick, right? The adorable people in our lives that happen yeah. to be like one tenth sized. I just hope the carrot at the end of the stick isn't the forties, you know? <laughs> like that would be a letdown. No, Phil, it's 
our kids taking care of us when we're in nursing homes. At my rate, the amount of coffee I drink, probably in the 40s. So yeah, we we thought we'd kind of have this mini series on coffee. And then, you know, like what, what, what it involves, what the different types are, maybe kind of go through an overview and a history of coffee because there's actually some really fascinating stuff there. And then, you know, what, what, what else would we talk about? What would parts two and three be? Maybe maybe espresso and then maybe like yeah, coffee at I think home, so. roasting type of a thing? Well, I think both of those things can be done at home, roasting and espresso. But actually, I, I think espresso and brewed coffee create, like they're, they're two interesting different types types of beverages because there is a very distinct difference I feel like between the two mostly milk but sure milk can be interesting I, I, I do think that hitting roasting a little bit especially like in that at home space makes sense but uh, I think there's like a really interesting division between espresso and the ways that you can you know experience that in both a coffee shop and at home and then brewed coffee and, and kind of the same with with that as well that sounds wonderful. Should we dive in? Should we roll up our sleeves and get caffeinated? Yeah. I, I do have a question, Phil. And I, uh-huh. I know you can't see me right now, but my hand's raised, probably, maybe. Yes, you there um, in the back. You said coffee bean. I kind of wonder if we want to cover exactly what coffee is in general. Sure. Like, where does this bean come from? Yeah, it comes from a plant. And it's really more or less a cherry or a berry. And... It's not anything like what you would think a coffee bean is because it doesn't really start out that way. So it doesn't start out as a bean? There's a bean in there somewhere, but no, it just starts out as a, a plant. Yeah, it can be yay size, however big yay is. I think people have a good idea yeah. of how yay how big yay is. So it's... I don't it's, know. I'm, I feel like I'm waiting for his new album just like everybody else. Nice. <laughs> nice pull. There's this there's this green berry cherry looking thing with some white flowers typically around it. Is coffee more of a seed than a bean or is it a bean, Phil? Mm, coffee has seedlings, but that's to make the coffee plant. I'm fairly certain the the bean inside the cherry is not the seed that you would plant. I don't know. Am I wrong on that? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah, that's what I'm asking you. No, I don't think... Oh, man, this is fascinating. I, I don't think you plant a coffee bean. Well, okay, if we go back to the, the purpose of fruit, typically it's to hold a seed that can then be like either eaten by an animal and taken somewhere else and then, you know, planted. Circle of life. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to go with yes. Sure, why not? Okay, so can you grow a, a, a coffee plant from an unroasted coffee bean? Yes, I do believe you can, Chris. Okay, I'm holding you to that. But I've never tried it, and I don't know if it would work here. I mean, maybe. If it did, it probably wouldn't be a very good plant because you should see our garden. It's the worst. We had a baby recently. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, our garden is ugly. Yeah, we lost several shrubs in our yard when Oliver was born. I can understand, Phil. So all that to say, the coffee bean doesn't you know, what would people think of as this dark colored bean? It's it's not the way it starts out. And I don't know, maybe maybe the listeners of this show don't even know that it's a bean. Maybe they just think it's these grounds and then it starts out as grounds. I would hope not. There's another podcast out there for those people. I'm not sure what it is. So it starts out as this bean. It's typically green and that's like the fleshy part of it. I guess imagine, you know, if you were to like crack open an apricot, uh, you've obviously got that seedy looking thing in the middle and 
and a lot of flesh around it. It's not it's not obviously that large. It's it's about the size of a cherry. And so maybe we'll just use the example of cherry and not apricot. <laughs> but you've got this cherry and inside is the coffee bean. And then, yeah, it starts out green. Uh, you obviously roast that. And there's a lot of different ways you can roast that. And the result is a delicious coffee bean that you can then grind yourself. And since these flowers were attractive to animals that then consumed them and then took them to other parts of the world, as you so eloquently described. That's actually how coffee was originally discovered. So there was this goat farmer in Ethiopia, and he had some goats that started getting into these bushes that he had never seen before, and they kept getting into those bushes, and they told their friends about them, and then the other goats came along, and then they got into these bushes, and these goats just had so much energy, and the goat farmer was like, what's going on with my goats? They're starting to do goat yoga and goat yoga hasn't even been invented yet. So what's going on? Because this is a long time ago, as you might imagine. And this goat farmer then is like, all right, I should probably turn over these little cherry berry looking things over to this monastery that I'm a part of because I feel like there's some strange black magic happening and I'm a little afraid of it. So he gives it to this monk at this monastery. They end up consuming these these cherries, these berries, and they end up doing prayers like deep into the night. And you might credit the coffee bean to the advancement of the monastic movement. Okay, because that makes sense. Like there's this kind of really freaky plant and strange things are happening because of it. So let's eat it. <laughs> That's. I wonder how many of the plants that we have come to know and love today were a result of like a deep, dark magic curiosity. I don't know. So then fast forward a couple hundred years or so, and the coffee bean starts to become popular in the Arabian Peninsula. And I think it was right around the 15th century that a lot of pilgrims were coming to Mecca for for their pilgrimage. And while they're there, they start hanging around. I'm probably going to butcher this, but they start hanging around these coffee houses, which at the time were known as Kava or Chava, something along those lines. And yeah, they were basically coffee houses in the Arabian Peninsula. Okay, so Phil, here's here's a quick question. Yeah. Are they drinking coffee? Are they making a beverage out of these beans, or are they just like straight up eating it? Oh no, yeah, they're they're they've figured out a way to to brew it and press it and. And drink extract it. that caffeine out of there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So they're 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 drinking coffee at these coffee houses. They're listening to music. They're playing board games. Probably Settlers of Catan uh, is is probably a pretty popular game at that point in the 15th century. So coffee is super popular among the the pilgrims to and from Mecca. But at this point, it's not too popular in Western Europe until about the 17th century. And this is where it gets super fascinating. Clergy starts to discover coffee and they are not happy about it. They definitely think it's the devil's drink, uh, so much so that they actually dubbed it as the, quote, bitter invention of Satan. I'm not making this up. This is real. This is the 17th century clergy poets that came up with the bitter invention of Satan. And it actually sparked a lot of debate raging debates, like people were excommunicated from the church. It just got really messy, so much so that they actually enlisted Pope Clement VIII to intervene and basically say, we need a ruling. And uh, the Pope takes a drink of this coffee and probably goes to the bathroom shortly thereafter, but absolutely falls in love with it and decides this stuff is amazing. And so he gives it his papal approval and coffee is suddenly 
on the map. So question. Answer. The third of fourth or seventh of mine. What's he doing in the bathroom after drinking coffee? Well, it's a laxative, is it not? It is for me. I don't know. I don't think I had to go to the bathroom after my very first cup of coffee. I don't know, Phil. Maybe we're getting a little too intimate here for you. <laughs> we can we can continue. Oh, I don't even know where to pick up from that. We're done. That's a wrap. This would be a great opportunity for mom's bathroom. That's coffee. That's coffee. (laughs) Okay, so that is an interesting uh, origin story for our our friend Coffee here. At that point, like, Coffee was more or less signed off on by by the powers that be, and it kind of made its way to the every man. Yeah, mostly. I mean, at this point, it really hadn't reached the new world. And of course, you know, the Americas. And so I think it was like right around the 1600s, coffee makes its way to the new world. It obviously was still kind of competing against tea at the time. Sure. I I would venture a guess that in the new world, it was probably also competing with cocaine. I would hope so anyways. And, you know, I think like this competition between coffee and tea would have been not that big of a deal until the Boston Tea Party comes along. And without it, we probably wouldn't have coffee as the preferred drink here in America because then that set off like an entire new set of political drama, which left coffee at the top of the pedestal. Thanks, Boston. Because I love coffee. I'm going to go make a cup of tea. (laughs) And thanks to all of that, today coffee is now the second most traded commodity in the world next to crude oil. So there you go. That's the real coffee. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like even even above wheat and cotton. I thought you were going to say weed. Well, weed's weed's making a comeback. So, Phil, uh, I think we, we we have a good little overview of how you know this random plant that somebody decided to at one point in time like make a beverage out of because their goats were freaking out a little bit came to be the drink of choice for all of us uh, freedom loving folk that send our kids to schools with bulletproof backpacks. Here's a question, Phil. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else that you specifically want to cover? There is kind of an important distinction between Arabica coffee and Robusta coffee, which are two different species of plants entirely. The Arabica makes up about 70% of coffee production in the world. And it's by far the better one. It's it's kind of mild. It's aromatic. It's got a lower caffeine content, uh, but for good reason. It's way costlier to produce. And so there, therefore, it's it's more expensive to sell. And it, it definitely gets its roots in Ethiopia. And so this Arabica coffee is probably what was first discovered by the goats. Versus the Robusta coffee is, a like I said, it's a different species altogether. It makes up about 30% of, of the coffee distribution. And that's mostly found in like Western Africa, Southeast Asia, places like Brazil, I think is where you might find a Robusta coffee. And it's it's way hardier. It's, it's you know, going to hold up against some harsher weather. It's easier to, to grow and to harvest. And so, therefore, it's a little bit cheaper. It's got way more caffeine. But that, because it doesn't taste quite as good as the Arabica The Robusta is typically what you would find in instant coffee. So, Chris, there's a lot of different ways to get that coffee bean. A lot of different parts of the world, a lot of different types of plants, a lot of different ways it got to us. Uh, But now that we have it, how do you like your coffee? Do you, are you a drip guy? What do you, what do you like to do? You like to do, do you like espresso? I don't even know who you are anymore. 
What's your coffee? Phil, I, I think it just depends. I, I like it all. I do feel like I have had a lot of different types of coffee, so many different styles, so many different roasts. I do think that I am kind of equal opportunity when it comes to style of coffee preparation, whether that's different types of espresso drinks or different types of brewing methods, because those do feel like two kind of distinct types of coffee, I guess, if you will. I think I tend to like a little bit more of the the strong styles of espresso, less milk in the espresso styles of drinks. So like a cortado or a macchiato. But then when it comes to brewing methods, they all bring honestly so many different interesting characteristics to the coffee that it's kind of fun just to try them all in a way. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't fault you on that. I, I'm really excited for our next episode. I guess I'm not sure which one we're covering first, but either either espresso or brewed coffee, the concept of like just trying them all. There's so many different types of espresso that, you know, like since we got our coffee machine or our espresso machine, rather, like I'm trying them all just for the sake of kind of knowing what they are. And, oh, I'm definitely with you, like having a little bit less milk, steamed milk, foam, and a little heavy on the espresso side, which which is kind of like what a macchiato is. You know, obviously we're not going to steal thunder from that episode, but it, it doesn't hurt to have at least a little bit of lightning. Actually, okay, so Phil, I think I do have an answer to that question that you had. I, I, I've, I've evolved a little bit as I've gotten older and tried more things and learned more things. When I was younger, I had this idea that there was, okay, honestly, I, I felt like there was something like a little bit more manly about bold, dark roasted coffees, like Italian roast or French roast or wh- sure. whatever, like just drinking straight espresso. And I think I have realized that I kind of actually like the complexity of flavor mm-hmm. in lighter roasted coffees and light roasted coffees have more caffeine than dark roasted coffees for whatever that's worth. Yeah, I've heard that as well. That seems a little bit counterintuitive to me. I think it might have a little bit to do with the re- the region, you know, because like we talked about the Arabica coffee that is going to have some more complex flavors to it, but it might have a lower caffeine content than the Robusta coffees. So, you know, the plant itself yeah. might might have a little bit to do with it. But I, I have heard that, that the, I don't know where it comes from. Is it like the, the longer a bean is roasted, the more caffeine is, I guess, in a way cooked out of it? Yeah, no, exactly. So the, the caffeine content is already in the bean and roasting it does not bring it out it reduces it. Yeah, so, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. If if the if heat applied created new caffeine, then maybe a, a, a darker roast might have more caffeine, but that's actually not the case. Like the, the bean already has the caffeine. That makes sense. Totally. If I were to place a gold medal to my favorite cup of coffee, and again, like we're spanning the entire gambit here, whether it's a cappuccino or a cafe au lait or a cold brew or a French press, you know, all the different types of coffee, all the different ways you can have it. My all-time favorite is an Ethiopian pour-over for that very same reason, Chris. There's so much flavor complexity in that. Uh, There's something about the soil in Ethiopia that gives it like a blueberry flavor and it's just so tasty. Yeah, I feel like Ethiopian coffees are, at least from my experience, a lot brighter, which I don't know. I think there's there's some, there's an element of palate to coffee like so many things. So I'm, I'm glad that you like brighter coffees, Phil. Yeah. 
Me too. I think Mexico has some really great coffees. That's an interesting climate, though, because you've got really high peaks and then you've got some coastal regions and, you know, so many different forms of or different types of soil that it can come across. Obviously, you've got like two separate oceans there that play a significant role. So Mexican coffee is is probably if I if again, if we were assigning medals, that would be the silver medal for me. But it's yeah, I, I can't wait to kind of get more into that in our brewed coffee episode. Yeah, sounds good. Well, coffee, 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 coffee. Oh, oh, oh.